faith-based experience on love. Bad. 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 Life-based experience on love. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. I am your host, Badass Jones, offering personal advice and life-based experience on love, sex, relationships, intimacy, with a little Jamaican flair. Welcome to the Pum Pum Chronicles. Greetings, 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 and welcome, Pum Pum Posse. Bless up yourselves. This is the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast. I am your host, AJ Badass Jones. You can find me on my social media platforms on Instagram and Twitter at the Pum Pum Chronicles. You can also follow my personal page, Badass underscore Jones underscore. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me, you can do so in one of two ways. You can either hit me on my email, which is uh, the Pum Pum Chronicles at gmail.com, or you can leave me a message or send a text through the call in line. That number is 320-270-1086. And of course, the podcast can be found on all platforms where podcasts can be found, including but not limited to Spotify, Google Podcasts, and uh, iHeartRadio. So, you know, I like to keep the guests, you know, on and popping and things for a little spicy and thing. So today, oh my gosh, I'm so honored, actually. I, I you, We'll get to the reasons why. But today, I have the pleasure of being joined by Casey Polite. Casey is uh, a licensed uh clinical social worker and therapist but her area of expertise is the sexual realm in guiding couples and individuals um around their sexual pleasure but you know what you know i never like to talk about people or to give too much i prefer that people you know my guests let you know about themselves because nobody does it better than we do it for ourselves casey welcome welcome blessings and welcome how are you yes i am wonderful thank you so much for the invitation to be here oh my absolute pleasure please have a conversation yes um so thank you for that introduction so yes i am casey (laughs) polite aka a pleasure pusher hey. my agenda really my agenda is to help people own their pleasure um, which I do through my private practice um, as well as my online community and honestly I want to I want to tear down the stereotypes around sex and pleasure and intimacy and I want to normalize these conversations yes. the same way that we talk about what are you going to do for dinner or what you do on Friday night, right? Like I want us to be able to um, not be afraid to embrace our sexuality and pleasure. So that's a little bit about me. Absolutely. And uh, if people want to find you, follow you, book a session with you, uh, you know, watch your, like you do some really great videos. Your videos are fun and engaging and they're informative. Like, yeah, yeah, you, you do some real dope shit there, Casey. Thank you. Thank you. So I think my main kind of playground for education and outreach is through Instagram. So you can find me at K spot therapy and that's K underscore spot underscore therapy. Um, And through my link in my profile there, you can request a book, a session. You can check out my website, my online community, all the good stuff. Everything is connected to uh, my Instagram profile. So that's K underscore spot underscore therapy. Yeah. Perfect. Who needs a G spot? You need a K spot. No, (laughs) you see, I like that play on words. All right, come through with the play on words. And of course, um, Casey's link will be put into the write-up in the bio so that you just one click away from getting to her and, um, you know, 
checking in with all the amazing things that she does. So, of course, today the conversation is going to be centered around self-pleasure, some of the myths and taboos, and how to break those stereotypes, what we can do in terms of our own self-pleasure, and then uh, self-pleasure within the context of coupledoms. Um, One of the things that I wanted to just briefly read off, so I'm sure a lot of people have heard, you know, like from our parents, our parents' parents, those generations when, you know, you never talked about self-pleasure, masturbation was not a word that anybody used in any way, shape or form. So to give everyone a real fun fact. So everyone is familiar, I'm sure, with the Kellogg's brand of cereals. But did you know that Mr. Kellogg's, the man who developed conflicts, originally developed cornflakes primarily to stop children from masturbating. He had particular ideas about masturbation, writing at one point, if illicit commerce of the sexes is a heinous sin, self-pollution is a crime doubly abominable. He considered masturbation to be self-pollution. He felt certain that foods inspired self-pollution, like spicy foods. God, geez. They'd have to kill the whole island of Jamaica or all the Caribbean island and all the countries are like the spicy food. But he considered spicy food a reason for self-pollution. Meat and generally anything that tasted too good. Young people were told that hair would grow in the palms of their hands. It would make them infertile. It would cause blindness and so on. And I know that you and I joked before the recording that if it caused blindness, then we... we, Yeah, we both be blind. Mm -hmm. Entirely. I think a large percentage of the population would be blind. So um, just to kick things off, generally speaking, what are your thoughts around that old school mentality of self-pleasure being so taboo or self-pleasure being a sin? Yes. So I think we have to remember the roots of where that type of mindset comes from. And it's very much in one, a patriarchal space, right? And two, this idea that other people have ownership of your Mm. body Mm. and not your own, right? So for someone, you know, in in his position to to be that bold, to make those types of statements, um, I think it's just a reminder of how much we have lived in a society where we have to do what other people tell us to do with our own bodies, right? And really not having that authority um, and agency over ourselves. And then in particularly of our pleasurable experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so it's it's pretty disgusting. Yeah, Yeah, I um, am, it's kind of funny. Like, so having been born in the Caribbean and and grew up there and just having that influence, I feel like um, a North American ideal of uh, idea of sex and pleasure is very different than Caribbean one. I feel like in the Caribbean, Um, young people and kids are kind of more left to the freedom of their bodies and you know there isn't like a lot of hang up around nudity and 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 certain types of interaction even when you look at something like carnival where pretty much everybody's yeah half naked rubbing up whining nobody's concerned that you know like of any particular thing happening no one thinks that it's taboo or you're going to hell or like it's the devil's work or what have you um and even when you look at parts of europe um, you know what I mean? It's it's the same sort of thing. There's more of a, a sort of freedom. Yeah. Yes. I feel like it's a real North American hang up. I don't know For why sure. that is. For sure. But yeah. definitely I, I'm gonna call it a spade a spade. White men who have yeah. controlled the narrative around sex and sexuality, just even biblically, yes. is yes. absolutely crazy to me. It is. No, it but is. I, it's very much in a, a part of our culture. I wonder though, like is it 
to protect themselves or to protect us because i wonder like you know like sometimes people who are not comfortable with their own sexuality they want to make everybody else uncomfortable because then that normalizes it for them so i sometimes wonder like for them saying that yeah don't touch yourself is it because they touched themselves and they didn't know what to do about the feelings that they had there was no outlet for them and so they're like okay well this has to be a bad thing let me just stop everybody from doing it remove all temptation for myself and make it a generalized type of thing i wonder sometimes Well, one of the things I think about with that is, you know, with sex, there's a lot of power and control. Mm. And I think the freedom that sexual pleasure provides for people, that is what they've been afraid of, right? And wanting to be needed Mm. for sexual pleasure could very much be the reason that they're trying to maintain that level of control over someone else's pleasure. That makes perfect sense. So as we're talking about that, mm-hmm. from your perspective and from uh, your in, like in, engagements and interactions with other people, what would you yeah. say are the top three benefits of masturbating? Mm. Ooh, yes. So top three benefits would be um, pouring in or nurturing your self-love. It can build self-confidence. And it also provides stress relief. I mean, I, mm-hmm. there's like more I want to say, but those, those would be my top three, right? It's a stress okay. reliever and it has a direct, and research has shown us this now, it has a direct impact on increasing self-love and self-esteem. Yeah. Okay. I like that. So dive deeper into it. I know you said you wanted to say more on that. Please go ahead. Yeah. So the thing that I think we forget about is, you know, sexuality and our ability to communicate with someone what we like has to come from a place of exploration. Mm. And so self-pleasure gives us that space to explore touch without any judgment, without any hangups of anyone else. And it helps you learn your body. So now you're empowered on some levels to communicate that to somebody else. You know, I I often... (laughs) tell my clients that if you have a vulva and you have a clitoris, your partner should not know it better than you know it. If their face say, is say there, that again. Say that some, again. Someone else should not have a front row seat and be knowledgeable about what pleasures you and have their face between your legs and you don't even look at your own vulva. Yeah. Yeah. That's very that's true. Mm-hmm. Like you should look at it every day. Yeah. I you should admire it. You should it's the it self appreciation, right? Yes. Our yes. our vaginas on a whole, that whole region, it's magical. Like it there's there, and and the thing is too, like yeah. just from a, like a medical perspective, I think at the very least you should have a healthy understanding of what's happening with you down there in the event that you have to go to a doctor and say. I'm feeling this, I noticed this, I saw this, as opposed to like, I have this this weird sensation, but I don't know what's happening. Well, do you have a rash down there? I don't know, I didn't look. Are, you know, like, are, if you if you look and not even just in a sexual sort of way, but just to become exactly. familiar with your body, you'll yeah. be better able to help who's ever helping you, not just in a sexual way, but just overall, if you needed any sort of help. But more importantly, to be able to say to somebody, I like when you lick there. I like when you yeah. apply pressure there. I like, yeah. I don't like that. Yes. You can help the person help you to achieve better orgasms, more sensation. Yes. 
right? Because your body is not just there for the other person's benefit. Absolutely. You are supposed to create and be a part of that pleasure experience. Absolutely. And you have to know that part of you, right? Like you look at your elbow, you look at your knee, like you know these other areas. Right. But to completely skip an area that has sexual energy and there's a womb that can give birth if you're yes. like there's all of these things that are very powerful and we can miss out on a big part of who we are if we just exclude it or if we just put it on a shelf and only yes. take it out when it's time to be intimate right very very true but also to the aspect of um leaving leaving the decision of how you are pleased up to someone else Yes, because you know what they're going to do? They're going to do what the other person likes before you. Casey, tell them that again, please, because I don't think they're hearing you. I don't think they're hearing you. Like, maybe for the stubborn, hard-headed people in the back, I don't think they heard you. Listen, I recognize early on that if I did not share what was important to me and who I am in my body and my sexuality, that the person that I'm giving myself to is only going to do for me what they did for the person before me. And I don't want that. I don't want, how do you know I even like what she likes? Now, some of the things may transfer over. Bonus, that's wonderful. But don't rely on that. That should not be your only game. Absolutely. The idea is to want to discover. But again, people are often very selfish about, you know, their pleasure and sexuality. Yeah. So they're not there to discover. They're there to get one off. Absolutely. I, I've told this story several times before. Uh, when I was in my 20s, my early 20s, the the young man that I was dating at the time, um, one of our first sexual experiences, he had gone down on me. He was going down on me. And in the midst of it, I said, ow. Mm. And he paused mm-hmm. and kept going. And I think mm. I thought by saying ow, he would have stopped but he kept going and my whole okay. body tensed up. And after like a yeah. couple of minutes more, I, I stopped him and I said, like, you're hurting me. And his response to me was, it's because you're not relaxed enough. I've done this before and it's never been a problem. It's because your body's not relaxed. Putting the, the responsibility of yeah, him hurting me. But, yeah, that was crazy. And and fortunately, I wasn't scarred for life by it. I was I was Good. really hesitant for a long time to allow anyone else to go down on me. And even when he tried to, I'd be like, I just, I don't like it. I liked it. Just not from him. Not and from he him. was not receptive yeah. to hearing that constructive feedback about that the way that like I needed it. to be pleased. No, and it's, it's amazing like it how many... But it's amazing how many people will say, like, exactly like you said, they feel like, okay, the last five women that I've I've gone down on, they were great with it. Maybe yeah. they weren't. Maybe they just yeah. didn't say anything to you out of fear. Exactly. exactly. But then when someone actually speaks up to, about their own pleasure, instead of taking that as a, a learning experience or a teaching moment, you take offense to it. And that to yes. me is very strange. It is. And that's why it's our responsibility to not mislead someone to think that yes. they are doing something that they're not doing. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. What for you in your profession has been the biggest misconception that you've heard about masturbation? Oh Outside gosh. of the foolishness that I just read. Yeah, okay. Biggest misconceptions. Um, I think the biggest one that it's just hard for me to stomach sometimes <laughs> Is when I hear someone say, 
when they do it, they're cheating on their partner. Sorry, come again? Mm-hmm. They're cheating on their partner with themselves? Yes. Yep. I'm it's a misconception. Sorry? Yep. Yeah. Really? Because, again, yes. Oh, and I've heard it. It's not like an No, I've heard this repeatedly. From really? I'm, yeah. So what is your response when, because I'm sitting here baffled and I can't imagine like you're, you're a professional. This is what you do as your profession. Like, okay. The first thing is I can't look baffled, but I want to, right? But <laughs> right like it's non-judgmental safe space for people to you know be able to process this yes so for me it becomes a focus on unlearning Mm. so one I want to identify where did you where did this come from for you where did the message come from what what's your shame story connected Mm. to to self-pleasure to cheating and how your body can experience pleasure if you're experiencing it with someone else right and really talking yeah. that through to help shift their perspective is is that primarily would you say um a, a female-centered misconception or is that both like non-gender you know, I've specific heard, I've heard both I've heard it from all from all really? yes yeah I, so yes. I'm sorry I'm just floored. like I know like in 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 as much as you know, like I said, with with uh, having grown up in the Caribbean to some extent and having spent a lot of time there, uh, there isn't, there aren't necessarily conversations around sex and it being taboo. There's more sort of a freedom about it. But then right. the bad side of that is that there are no conversations really about it. And even like I'm thinking, my earliest experiences with masturbation were like when I was like maybe nine, ten years old. But that wasn't something I could go to my mom and say, hey. I'm having these feelings in my body, so on and so forth. For you on a personal level, were you able to have those types of conversations in your household? Or was this more like self-discovery and as you got older, incorporated into who you are? Good question. No, I could not have these conversations in my household at all. No. Yeah. Mm-mm. No. So this this truly was a personal journey that I embarked on um, as an adult and mm. then through that process, recognizing, wait a minute, I, I, I have a very strong desire to help people yes. with their sexuality and pleasure. And then allowing myself, even through that, having some doubt about, should I be doing that? Like, this is taboo. Why don't you just work with people who have depression and anxiety? Why do you have to specialize like in sexuality? Right? right. It's like, Really? But when something is drawing you, when you yes. magnetically pull to something, you have to listen. If not, Absolutely. you don't get to live your full life. And I think there were other areas of my life where I wasn't allowing myself to just go up. And I said, I can't do this. I, like, this is what I want to do. So I'm going to do it. No, I love that. There's something that's interesting that you said, um, you know, you said that you were asked, why didn't you focus on depression or anxiety? Interestingly enough, your sexual health and well-being is sometimes tied to your level 100%. of depression and the anxiety that you have. And in a lot of cases, not necessarily like having full on sex, but but self-pleasure, self-love can help ease. Yes. And let me not overstep, come, I want the professional opinion. No, I- you are... No, you are spot on. So oftentimes when people reach out to me for therapy, they say, oh, well, do you only take clients that are dealing with, you know, sexuality and intimacy issues? Mm-hmm. And one of the questions that I ask them um, are like, what are your main stressors right now? Right. Mm-hmm. And so some people may say I'm dealing with depression or yes, I'm I'm dealing with anxiety. But you know what they often link it to mm-hmm. is 
difficulty with self-acceptance or some level of intimacy with themselves or someone else. So mm-hmm. it still always comes back yes. in some way yes. to sexuality. Yes. Right. Because again, it's such a large component of who, of we, who are. we are. Absolutely. Yeah. And how Absolutely. we got here, but we're not, um, we're not socialized to think of ourselves in that way. Mm. And so again, we put that on the shelf. So when someone presents to me what the issues are, they may not like directly bring it up. Right. But I can quickly uncover that there's some connection to how it's impacting their relationships. Absolutely. And then how does that impact their ability to be vulnerable, to enjoy sex, to have pleasure? Do they have shame around it? Right. And then it becomes, yeah, a bigger yeah. kind of ball to unwind and to sort through. Okay. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you, talk with you about is the use of toys. Yeah. And self-pleasure. And then we'll yeah. talk a little bit more about couples pleasure. Um, yes. So two things. I love the videos that you put out about the use of toys and self-pleasure. Like every one of your videos is just like, oh my God, that's so dope. <laughs> uh, but yes. one of the things I, I definitely wanted to talk about, um, I think maybe possibly a myth, might not be, I'm not entirely sure. Uh, okay. But the desensitization yeah. of the sexual region from having used toys. So men that may yeah. say use like a stroker or a spinner, there's a different expectation mm-hmm. in how they feel when they're with a, 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 another person because of the mm-hmm. sensations that they receive. Because obviously, you know, the vagina doesn't spin and twist. I mean, you can twist your body, mm-hmm. but the internal yes, vagina it's itself doesn't spin and twist and vibrate and all these good things. Consequently, yes. with women who use vibrators versus dildos that, you know, I've heard men say, you know, like, how can I have sex with a woman? And she uses that monster vibrator that vibrates and twists and spins and has beads and oscillates and all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, their pum pum is going to be desensitized. I can't do anything for that woman. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the myths of using sex toys and whether or not they actually desensitize you. Great question. And I think um, it's a little controversial, to be honest, how Mm. people feel about that. So if you look at, if you look on Google University, you're going to (laughs) find articles and or blogs that will support that it can desensitize. And then you're also going to find evidence that supports it doesn't. Right. Which is interesting. So I just like to put that out there because I think people have to do a lot of self-discovery to see how it impacts them as an individual. Like you shouldn't believe or kind of go with either one, but give yourself that open opportunity to explore for yourself. So the way that I like to educate people about it is toys aren't substitutes for humans. And so the comparison that we often do between what a human part can do and a toy is very useless yes. because that's not the point, Yes, right? There isn't, there shouldn't be an expectation that one can do something that the other can, right? It, it truly is enhancement, right? A mm-hmm. woman putting on lipstick, lip gloss, right? Absolutely. Is enhancing, right? And so this is something that really enhances the pleasure experience. Now the desensitization aspect, anything that's overused, in any way, has the potential of doing that. But what it takes to overuse is a lot more extreme than what people think. So for example, a lot of times women will say, well, I masturbate every single day. Is that gonna, no. Is that gonna break my boom boom? 
that doesn't mean that it's going to create an experience where you now can't feel your partner. Right. Because again, there's an emotional connection. There's the entire body experience. There's the, the mind and soul connect, whatever it is that you want to create with that person. Yes. You don't create with your toy. Exactly. So it's not, it's not the same. Now, could you use an extensive amount of vibration that um, creates almost a, I guess you could say like a, like a bruise. Like I've seen, mm. I've heard, I've heard of women who have done some damages to nerve endings. Yes. Right. Um, but that overuse is very extreme. That's yes. It's not the norm. That's True. not the norm. You know? But it would be, the same would be said as if you're having like vigorous sexual activity, like you're getting hammered and pounded or sucked on really hard, you could desensitize or bruise yourself in the same manner. It's not something that's limited to a toy. Very, very true. Yes. And that's why I say you have to know your body because there's some women who, depending on what their natural sex drive is Mm -hmm. and what they enjoy, they need to know for themselves that if they, if they masturbate with a toy at two o'clock on a Tuesday, and then their partner wants to have sex at 8.35 on a Tuesday. And they know that their drive and connection is going to be diminished because they had an orgasm at two. Then you have to have that self-awareness to say, yes. mm, I might hold today. off today because I think yep. I'm going to. But that doesn't mean that the toy is bad. Right. And that's what, right? It's more right. about knowing and learning your body. Absolutely. That's, that's all it, that's all Absolutely. it means. Yeah. It, it would be the same as like, um, uh, as an example. So men who masturbate before they have sex to yeah. increase their longevity so yes. that, you know what I mean? They, they get that first one out of the way. So there's no That's disappointment. Right. And then they, yes. you know what I mean? Would you then say, okay, well, he's masturbated. So he's not really, no, like he's for him because he's self-aware, he's trying to do something that is preventative for right. himself to not ejaculate right. too quickly and then also so that he's present in that sexual experience with whomever he's having the sexual experience. I actually like that because I feel like you're being mindful Thank and you, you want to make me happy. Me. Yes. Right? Thank you I'd for rather taking not have the three that. minutes. Right. I don't want the three minutes. You can get that yes. one out by yourself. That's I'd like right. a full session, please. And thank you. Yes, because for a lot of women, I mean, for a lot of men, after they have that initial orgasm, it's going to take them a while, right, to build that back up. Exactly. Right. So yeah, it's it's more of a courtesy, right? For us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Way. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about the ways in which you can use toys to discover your G-spot and possibly help increase your orgasms? Mm-hmm. So there are toys that are actually called G-spot stimulators um, that have kind of a, I wish I had some toys with me today, but <laughs> they have um, kind of a moving part that, once you insert it inside inside of your vaginal canal is going to apply that pressure to the cluster of nerves that are often referred to as the g-spot the g-spot is also controversial as well because it essentially is a cluster of cells from the internal clitoris okay a lot of people don't know what that is So I'm going to ask you to explain that because I think a lot of people, again, misconceptions is that the clitoris is just a little nub, little miniature, tiny penis underneath the hood skin on the outside. But the clitoris is so much 
more. Yes. The majority of the clitoris is internal. And it's sort of like this overarch of two legs that split the vaginal canal. So they sit above the vaginal canal and they have erectile tissue in them just like a penis does. So when you get naturally aroused, they are going to um, swell with blood the same way that a penis does. But now it's inside of your body. And so that area, right soon as you go in, if you go into your vaginal canal and hook your finger, um, you can feel almost what may feel like the inside of a peach. Mm. And that is a cluster of nerve endings that some may refer to as the G-spot, but it can create a lot of pleasure and you can use a G-spot stimulator that a toy that you would insert and it's going to put a lot of pressure and vibration that can cause a ripple effect of pleasure through your body. Sorry, I'm just having a moment with myself. I'm actually thinking about that because I'm, you know, like just in, in, um, in the process of self-discovery, I like the way that you said that it feels like it, when you remove the, the, the peach pit, like that center Mm -hmm. area that kind of like it's rough, but it's not rough. That's exactly. a very good analogy of what it actually I feel like feels that's what like. It feels like. Yeah, it really does. It like the little ridges on the inside, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but it's kind of squishy and right. sort of firm at the same time, and yeah, it has some texture. Yes. Do you think it's possible for every woman to achieve an orgasm if that G spot area is stroked? properly or stimulated properly because i know that a lot of women say that they've never had an orgasm from you know a penetrative penetrative sex more so from oral sex or from having you using a toy so part of my question is if you're using a toy and something is being inserted inside of you consequently like having a penis inserted inside of you how is it that you're able to achieve an orgasm using a toy or an apparatus versus penetrative sex because essentially it's still penetrative sex just with yourself Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but is it possible for maybe I'm not asking the right way because we like okay so knowing where the g-spot is okay is it possible for every woman to achieve an orgasm if the g-spot is stroked properly or are there still other mitigating factors sexually that would prevent Mm -hmm. that from happening does that make sense it does okay so I think most we won't say all, most people who have a vaginal canal have the potential of experiencing an orgasm from the stimulation of that cluster of cells, Mm -hmm. okay? But the challenge is it's often the positions that will not stimulate that area. Okay. And some women, their vaginal canal when you enter it, slopes down. Yes. Some slope Slope even. Mm -hmm. Some go up, right? And so again, even for yourself, and if you don't know, I highly recommend when you have your wellness, your women's wellness, like visit when you have, go to your gynecologist, ask them, they'll tell you because they know because they're going in there. And all you have to do is just say, which way do I slope? And they'll know. And they're going to tell you as soon as they go in, they're going to be like, oh yeah, you point to the left, kind of goes this way or yours they can tell you but 
it's interesting that that's not something that comes up in conversation, but imagine how valuable that information would be as a young person if your gynecologist told you the direction, because it's going to impact the type of positions you have. Absolutely. Pleasure. Which is why some women experience pain. Oh my goodness, Casey. (laughs) That makes absolute perfect. That makes absolute perfect. But just even in terms of um, like sexual health, I don't know if they do um, sex ed anymore in school because I've been out of school for a very long time. But even if they do have sex ed classes, that would actually be something very important um, to learn. Absolutely, 100%. Yes. Again, we should know our bodies. If we are putting ourselves in a position to receive pleasure, to give pleasure, just like if you're going to cook something and you've never cooked it before, you need to know the recipe. You need to know the measurements. After a while, you don't need measuring cups. You just kind of eyeball it and throw right. it in there, right? It's the same concept. If you don't even know what direction it's going in or what's happening, sure. right? You may think that well, something's wrong with me if I don't enjoy missionary, but for some right. reason I really enjoy doggy style, but then that might feel more degrading because of how I've been socialized. But for some reason, for me, that's more pleasurable. Something wrong with me. It's like, uh, no. So, you know, it's so crazy. I'm going to share something personal about myself. So I remember, um, uh, a man that I had sex with all these stories are like years ago, um, missionary position legs up, but my legs pushed all the way back yes. and, um, I squirted all over him. Mm-hmm. And he was utterly, so I was utterly surprised. He was utterly surprised, but not in a bad way. His response to me was, I've never met a woman that could come like that while on her back. And I was like, but just in this exact moment as we're speaking, it just occurred to me, it's the positioning of, yep. right, and, and the angle at which he was the able angle. to. Yes, because your pelvis was Look how much, look how much years I didn't know this, and now you just came and told me this about myself. <laughs> yes, because from that angle, and I would imagine that your pelvis was quite elevated, it yes. was probably easier for him. And again, like you said, there's other mitigating circumstances. So one, you probably had ample arousal before that happened, mm-hmm. right? Like there's all these other components that yes. contributed to that happening. Yes, I think uh, an important thing to talk about as well. So, you know, um, conversations I've had with with other women and with men as well, um, keeping the stimulation going. I know a lot of times when people are sexually intimate, you know, they've had sex, they've kind of gone one round, then they're kind of waiting for things to start back up again. You know, I I say to people, as women, it's easier for us to continue from where we left off as opposed to allowing our bodies to entirely cool down and then having to start the stimulation again. And then you're basically, you're going back to the starting line, you know? So doing things like caressing your partner, having your partner caress you, just being like intimately connected, not necessarily, you know, there doesn't have to necessarily be oral sex involved, but you know, like kissing, caressing, touching in order to keep your body, keep your engine going or keeping your engine warm makes it a lot easier to continue achieving multiple orgasms versus having to go back to the starting line and get aroused all again to come back to get just another one. Do do you find that to be true? Absolutely, yes. So there needs to be almost this like time for continuous like teasing and playing, Mm -hmm. but not like you said, not for the goal of like heightening the arousal. You just want to keep it warm. Like if you just have some warm chocolate chip cookies, right? You're just going to put them (laughs) in the oven just like... But the keep going to be low. You're just right. warm, but you don't want right. to overcook them. They've already been cooked. Right. 
Right. You just want to keep it nice, a nice temperature and keep it steady. Do you think that there's an ideal position for masturbation for women? Let's say, I know men can stand up, kneel down, lay on their back. It's neither here or there because there's, it's this external, but for women, do you find that there is more of an ideal position for masturbation? I think it really varies on how the position of your legs and your ability to release the orgasm. So there really is no one size fits all for this. Right. The reason I say that is some women have a more intense orgasm if their legs are straight. That would be me. (laughs) Yep. So in that case, some positions where you're sitting up and your legs are, you know, like you're on your feet you yes. may not get the same intensity as you would if you could straighten your legs out. Right. So I think oftentimes just laying on your back and allowing your legs to be straight can work, but then there's, or you can lay on your stomach because then your legs are straight. If you want to have your hand between your legs that way, yes. I know a lot of women that do it that way as yes. well. Um, and then one of the things that I like to do to kind of mix it up, is I like to, it's almost like I'm sitting, but I'm laying. It's like I'm sitting up a little bit, but laying, but I also like to see the image in a mirror. So it's going to make me like my head's going to have to be up a little bit higher than usual because I want to be able to see myself pleasuring myself. That's sexy. That's really, it is. That's sexy. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever tried that one, but I, I'm you definitely open. No, I need to. And then you need to tell me about it. I, yeah. I'm definitely going to yes. do that. That actually sounds very sexy. And it, it it's is. really weird. Like, so I've I've um, accepted the things about myself, like in terms of my body. I love my body. I love my vagina. I think she's actually very pretty. I like her. Oh, I love um, it. I love it. Yeah, but I've never, I've never, I've never actually tried that one. And that one is definitely one that I want to try. I feel like I'm going to make like an ugly face when I'm coming, but you know, that's neither here or there. I can still love on myself. Yes, but you know, what's so great about that is I think most people feel that way yes. about their face. But again, here's the thing. The, the person that you're with shouldn't intimately know your cum face better than you. Mm. Right? And so if you can fully just accept that that is the face that you make in that time of pleasure. It just, it just lets you surrender even more with someone else because you, it's like, I already know what I look like. I don't, that's right. You don't, you have nothing on me. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. Because it can, it can look, because what's, what's interesting is when you have that experience of orgasm, your face expression is often the same as if you're scared. Really? Uh-huh. It's so weird. They've done all this research on it. Yes. Because your face is kind of like... Yeah, like, oh, like, my God. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> that never occurred to me. That's actually pretty yes. crazy. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Well, random? you know what? In French, they call it uh, little death, petite mort. Maybe, you know, the, the thought of dying for a second in the yes. midst of orgasm that could be might be a scary thing. it might be yeah. a little bit of a scary thing but it takes you to it definitely takes you to a good place so i have a, i have a question to ask you um yes. which is kind of mm. so there was a point um and i realize now what it is but i'm, I'm going to give you this scenario of it and you can let me know your thoughts so there was a okay. point where um i was masturbating daily mm-hmm. and not able to achieve orgasm mm-hmm. and under normal circumstances i have it down to a science where i can rub my vulva I don't need to insert anything. I can make myself come in under five minutes. Yes. But there was a point 
where I would masturbate and I would get to the point where I was about to climax and then nothing happened. It just stopped. Like it just yes. went away. Yes. Yes. What I are your thoughts this. around that? And yeah, so how so how a, would yeah, I'll, I'll I'll let you take the reins on that entirely. <laughs> but that's so that's the, the that's the gist of it. <laughs> yeah, so it's actually that it's more common than people think. They feel like, am I the only one? Like, oh, I thought my pom pom was broken. I absolutely yeah. thought it was broken. I was like, I I must have broke her. Yes, absolutely. And okay, so again, there's a lot of different things that could be impacting that. One is hormones. So often I tell people when, if you experience that, take a look at your cycle to see where you are in the chart. Where are you? Because that may be playing a part in your ability to release. You Mm. also want to think about the stressors and potential um, anxieties that you're experiencing. So if you are in your head in a certain way, that's not allowing you to be completely present in your body. Yes. It will be hard to have that release. Okay. Well, that, that to me sounds a lot better. Like I went through a period, I remember saying to my best friend, I'm like, I think my pussy's broken. She's like, what are you talking about? No. She's like, did you damage yourself? I'm like, I, I honestly didn't. Like I, you know, like I, I picked a particular type of porn for the mental stimulation and I, you know, yeah. started doing my thing and rubbing and caressing. And I yeah. got to a point where I was like, yes, I'm going to come. And then literally and nothing happened. And then I was so mad about it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then there's that frustration, and then you know you get into your head, and then you're you're thinking to yourself like, is something actually the wrong? And, and self doubt and talking crazy to yourself is one of the worst contributors to um, loving yourself and 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 mm. maintaining that sort of um, self pleasure. Like once you get into your head, and sometimes yes. when you can't get out of that space, you can talk yes. yourself into thinking that all kinds of things are wrong with you that really and truly aren't. Yeah. Yes. And the minute your mind goes there, it's going to be really difficult for you to be open to having the orgasm. Yes. So then now when you try it the next time, you're bringing with you that past experience and you're already setting yourself up for having a more difficult time again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because often we focus on the orgasm. We don't focus on what happens from the beginning till orgasm. We're just like, I just want to get that orgasm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's, um, it's definitely a debilitating place to be in. Um, fortunately, like I said, I, 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 you know, you do the the work and you say to yourself, like, what are the external things that are going on? Um, you know, are there work stressors? Are there relationship stressors? Are there things that you're preoccupied with? You know, maybe right now is not the best time for you to invest in yourself pleasure and not that you shouldn't do it at all, but maybe in this exact moment, it's not the right time. And you shouldn't beat yourself up about that. Cause it's like, Mm -hmm. when you say to yourself, like, I got this, I can do this in no time at all. And then you're Mm -hmm. not able to do it. You start to think, like I said, that something's wrong with you and you start to give yourself, you know, all kinds of hangups that you don't actually, actually have. So So true. I'm glad you said that. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Couples masturbation. Yeah, the benefits. I love that you talk about that a lot and not just the ways to to pleasure yourself and not just in a moment of teaching your partner, but there is another benefit to couples masturbation. And I would love for you to talk about that. So mutual self-pleasure is a wonderful display of seeing your partner love on themselves. So the very person that you want to connect with, it's empowering to see them doing something that they enjoy and being able to share in that moment 
it's like independent of each other, but still together. Yes. So you can also get very um, aroused and enticed by watching your partner do that, which is then going to feed into your own experience. One of the things that's great about that is it allows you to go to a fantasy space Mm. in your mind. And so through mutual, there might be things that you all wouldn't really do in real life. Right. Because, you know, could cause problems in your relationship or <laughs> a little too, right. right, whatever. But when you are having this time of mutual masturbation, you mentally can go anywhere you want to go. Right. You don't have to share or say anything to your partner about what you are fantasizing what about. Right. Right. Yes, it's however it's you want to get powerful. there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it's very healthy for the relationship to be able to do that. So I wanted to talk about that. So what advice would you offer to, um, okay, so you have a couple, one of the two partners is interested in, in mutual masturbation with their partner as a way to experience a different level of intimacy, but the yeah. other person is maybe resistant to it or um, they're hesitant, let's say, not resistant, let's say they're hesitant. What advice yeah, yeah. would you give to couples generally um, yes. to help ease their concerns about um because i feel like sometimes people may feel like they're being overexposed because i know that mm-hmm. masturbation it's, it's a very personal thing personal. Yeah. absolutely and then also too you know like sometimes if somebody has asked me you know like what are the types of things that you like to watch for mental stimulation and i've <laughs> i've told someone before that i like um monster or alien porn i don't know why but it's just stimulating to me yeah. and now I'm comfortable to say it because I, I just own who I am. But at the time, the person looked at me like, you like watching monsters fuck? Why? Right. And I was like, you know what I mean? And so now, like, there's this shame put on me because of what I like. And so, but regardless, so because it's such a personal experience, if one of the two persons are, are um, hesitant about doing mutual masturbation with their person, what? how would you encourage them or advise the other partner to encourage their partner to engage in mutual masturbation. Yes. I think the first thing, once you recognize that one person is not into it, you have to keep in mind that your goal is not to change their mind. Mm. No, that's hard because people often come to me or send me messages in my DM and say, you know, like I need help trying to get my wife to do Mm. this thing or I need him to and it's like, no, your goal isn't to change. Your goal is to understand right. why they feel the way they do. So for me, it's about shifting the focus. If we're if we're going to get there, we need to start with fully understanding someone's perspective. So you want to know what does self-pleasure mean to them? Mm. What, what do they experience when they do it themselves? How do they do? Do they fantasize? Like what, like really give them an opportunity to feel safe just talking about their experience. Yes. One of the things that couples often don't ask each other is what does it feel like when you come? Like, that's, like no one you, ever I don't think that like, that's a natural question to ask, but. No, but it's not. I didn't even, it's, I mean, it wasn't something I used to ask. I was, right. No, because you make a lot of assumptions based off of what the person says, if they're moaning, you know, if their leg is shaking and you just kind or of- Or if they're silent. The worst is if they're silent because you automatically think, well, you didn't enjoy it. Like you didn't say anything. You didn't make any noise. 
That's oh, but when you're by yourself, you make all kinds of noise. So when you're with me, why don't you write? Yes, you want to know what does it feel like when they come, right? So if you really start the conversation around understanding their experience and then connect it with any issues they may have with embarrassment or shame, mm. because for some people, their self-pleasure may require something that they feel is taboo. So right. that might be the porn category they feel like they need to watch or, um, <laughs> right? Like, right. Yeah. Like you said. Um, a gentleman that I know, he liked, uh, he always used a sock when he masturbated he, because when he was younger, when he first started masturbating in order to avoid mess or detection, yep. he always yep. masturbated into a sock. And so you, sock. you, yeah. right. You get used to that feeling over time. And as you become an adult, like it just stays with you. So for him, he would say like, I would never masturbate in front of anybody. And I'm like, why? He's like, cause I'm, I jerk off into a sock. I'm like, okay. Yeah. And so he's like, I yeah. jerk off into a sock. I'm like, I heard you. He's like, most women would think that that kind of thing is weird. I'm like, I get it. But yeah. in what you're just Some saying now, yeah. right. So it's really starting that conversation first, mm. then you can get to a space of introducing it into the, the relationship. So even before you do that in the same room, some couples struggle masturbating at the same time in different places of their space. Oh. So if one's in the bedroom and one's in the living room, like you... We're talking baby steps here. Like, right. Can you even do that? So to before? know that your partner's in the living room, you're in the bedroom, you guys have given each other 20 minutes to yeah. do your thing, knowing what the other person is doing. That's and a then, start. And then have a conversation about it after? Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you don't want to jump right to like, how can I get them to do this thing? Right. It's all about understanding, discovery, and then creating opportunities that create a little bit of space. Right. Right. Around it. Increase comfort level before you try to do that in the same space. Okay. I like that. And what about um, incorporating toys? Yes. No. Should it just be the bodies with one another? What are your thoughts around using toys or apparatus um, for self-pleasure within the context of couples pleasure or just even a partner using a toy with another partner who may have difficulty um achieving orgasm so one of the things i've, I've you know is my mantra um is to not be afraid of toys in the bedroom and not see it as a, a as competition i think a lot of men feel that the dildo the vibrator is their competitor and it shouldn't be your competitor. If you know that it's difficult for your person to achieve orgasm through the conventional ways of having sex, but you know that they can achieve an orgasm using a vibrator or a dildo, mm -hmm. a miniature bullet, you know, whatever it is. Why, if you're invested in their pleasure as well, why would you yeah. not want to use a toy with them? So I wanted you to touch base on that a little bit. Yes, because I think the question people have to ask themselves is, do I care about my mm. person receiving pleasure or do I care that I'm a part of it? Mm. Or do I want to know that I gave that to them? Right. Without, right. And it's like, that's the oh, ego. That's the ego. Yeah. Because if you can remove that, all you're focusing on is their ability to experience pleasure. 
You don't mm. care how they're getting it. And it doesn't take away from your, um, if you have a penis, your masculinity. Right. Yeah. Which is why I have a lot of clients that say that if their partner doesn't have an orgasm, they feel like they failed. Yeah. I, um, hmm. <laughs> Casey, boy, you're just digging into my soul right now. I actually was with somebody that I felt that for a long time because yeah. I couldn't understand it. Maybe there's like a different vein, but I couldn't understand him wanting solely to give me pleasure, but not necessarily allowing me to please him. And so the, the amount of times of our sexual interactions where he actually came was far less than I ever did. And yeah. so, you know, as a woman, you would think, okay, that's a great thing. Like he, he's invested in your pleasure, but I felt like I was failing because I yeah. wasn't able to make him come. And I know that's yeah. definitely an ego thing. I get that now, but sure. talk a little bit more about that for us. Yeah. Cause even in that example you gave, it sounds like one, he wasn't open to receiving. Like we mm -hmm. can't give people things that they're not openly requesting. Right. There's something that's happening. Like, no, no, no. I just want to focus on you. I just want you to, I'm like, okay, but part of the focus on me is, is an us thing, not just a me thing. It'd have been yeah. different if I had requested to say like, Hey babe, can you just give me some head? And that's all I want. But if I'm yeah. trying to have an, an, an entire experience with you and you keep saying, no, 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 I just want to focus on you. Ah. Right. Yes. And so my question for that person is, talk to me about the pleasure you receive when you're giving me pleasure. Mm -hmm. Like, help me understand that because maybe that's a big part of who they are sexually. Okay. Because there are some people who can have an orgasm just from giving oral pleasure to their partner. Sure. True. True. I never yeah. thought about that. I never thought about so it. So you that would kind of want to understand, again, everyone doesn't experience pleasure the same way. True. And so we really want to understand what is this doing? Now, the other flip side of that, though, is there are people who use it as control and power mm -hmm. and they don't want someone else to have that level of control over their body. Yes. That's fear. It makes them feel very vulnerable. Okay. Mm -hmm. The okay. vulnerability, the fear, um, there may be some trauma from the past True. that they haven't shared. And so they are very clear about their boundaries with their body. Hmm. Okay. Do you have, um, do you have, do you offer recommendations on particular toys that couples should use? Mm. Yes and no. So. Like okay. if, if I come to you and I'm like, Casey. Yeah. I want to have like a great sexual experience with my man. What's, okay. what's the, what's a toy that I should use? What's the best toy? Do you automatically have a recommendation or are there mitigating so I'm gonna factors? I'm going to ask a couple questions. Okay. Yep. So I'm going to ask a couple questions first. So one, I would want to know, do you have orgasms from penetrative sex? Okay. Yes. Um, and, <laughs> okay. And um, do you experience orgasm from clitoral stimulation during penetration? Also, yes. Right. Because a lot of times that answer is no. Oh. Yes. Really? Yes. So I'm just, I'm marveling. Okay. Tell me, tell me why that is. Because the focus is penetration. So what happens is we oh. focus on the clitoris during foreplay. Right. Once that's and done, then they, they like, leave her out of it. Touch. I'm... Meanwhile, that's a very necessary part that 
also needs to be stimulated during penetration. So if the answer is no, my suggestion would definitely be something that is a clitoral vibrator that's small enough, depending on your height and size, mm -hmm. that you can still access that area yourself during penetration. That would be mm. my first thing to say, oh, that's what you need. Because now you get to experience two stimulations at once. And might make your brain explode. It might blow, literally make blow your mind. That's the goal. And, absolutely. Okay. Yes. Now for others who may um, want to almost experiment with it in the reverse where they would use a, a penetrative toy and have their partner use that while giving them oral pleasure. Okay. So again, it's just kind of figuring out what type of experience do you want? What's the normal? How has the normal been in the relationship? Because okay. you want this toy to switch things up absolutely to disrupt just disrupt the patterns okay do you, you want sex to be predictable absolutely i think that's that's very important a very important thing that you said like the last thing that you want is for it to be predictable and to become boring or for it to be feel like it's a routine okay well now i know this about her so it's insert this lick here suck here and then go now i know this and, and every every time it's the same routine sex shouldn't yeah. be routine or boring there of course are some things that are going to be standard or common yeah, definitely. Yeah. but the goal is to um to yeah. change not necessarily change it up but to explore i think that's that's yes. that's the right way to say it yeah because there's something that you might enjoy today mm. that you might not necessarily want that type of simulation on this saturday coming up right but it doesn't mean that you didn't like it today Right, you just you just want a little bit of change or to, to switch things up a little bit. Yeah, I don't know about you, but I don't eat the same thing for dinner every night. No, and I'm not a super duper fan of leftovers. Maybe like a one night leftover, but not like, no, <laughs> when you say it that way, and then we think about people who meal prep and they meal prep the same thing for every day of the week. I, total aside, I used to work with this woman that she would cook one meal on Sundays and her and her husband would mm -hmm. eat that for the entire week. The whole week, yeah. And I, was like, and I would wonder if that's a representation of their sex life. Potentially. Or the flip side of that is their sex life might be amazing and very adventurous because mentally they don't have to think about a lot of other things because they ah. don't know. So you never ah. know. Don't, ah. don't judge a book That's by true. cover. That's yep. very, very true. That's very true. Mm -hmm. hmm. I never thought about that. Thought about it in that way. Um ways in which i know we touched on this a little bit uh before but ways in which specific ways in which masturbating can help increase orgasms and um what advice would you give to someone who is trying for the first time using a toy but may not necessarily um have a lot of knowledge on how to use a particular toy so someone said to them their girlfriend said to them you know buy this this vibrator put it on this speed setting and just lay down and put it in and you'll have an orgasm. Of course, we know that that's not entire. For some people that may be true and maybe just as simple as that, but then for yeah. others it's not. And so um, so for them to not feel discouraged, what advice would you give to somebody who is trying out a toy for the first time and trying to um, increase their level of orgasms? Does that make sense what I'm asking? I feel like I asked a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. Yes. Okay, so I hear a couple of things. So one of the things I hear is, is there a um, kind of like an ideal way to think about engaging with a toy that's going to increase the pleasure experience? Right. Okay. Yes. 
So one of the important factors is creating your own foreplay and arousal. Mm. Oftentimes that gets skipped when oh. you're by yourself. Because yes. what happens is people will turn on the porn and turn on the toy. Yes. My suggestion is don't turn them both on at the same time. Yes. Get aroused first. Yes. Build anticipation first. So whether you're listening to erotica, you're watching it, or you're just in your mind imagining, give yourself time to warm up before mm. you start stimulating. Because sometimes people are, and people who are just like, you know, good at it, they're connected to it, they can do it right away. You, you don't want to get in the habit of doing that. Yes. You really want to give yourself a chance to Time. build that anticipation. You almost want it to be like where you're begging yourself to say, mm. like, come on, hurry. Like, I got like, to mm -hmm. hurry up. Because like that's that. where you will intensify the orgasmic experience. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. So if you hear your friends say, oh, girl, you need to get, it's like, okay, get one, but also be clear about how you're going to build your own arousal. Yes. And play play around with the settings and also too, and, okay. and maybe you'll agree, maybe you won't. Um, so for me, the, the vibrating sensation or the vibrating stimulation, we have so many erogenous zones in our body. You don't have to limit the toy to your clit. Yes. You have your outer labia, you have your nipples, you have like, if you're a person that likes behind your ears or your ears being kissed yeah. or licked, or, you know, there are, there are different settings on the vibrator where it's not just the vibration, it's got a pulse setting. Some of them have pulse yeah. settings. Some of them have like oscillating beads inside of them. Some of them, you know, rotate and do different things. You can try um, your pleasure responses on the different parts of your body, not just the kill shot, which is focusing on the clip. Absolutely. And I think what's important with that is if you're going to use a toy, you need lube with it. Say that again. I don't care if you are Niagara Falls and you feel like you have the wettest thing ever. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter because you're still limiting some of those other erogenous zone experiences. Mm -hmm. You don't want to just put a silicone toy on your neck without right. any type of lubrication right. or on your nipple or somewhere right. else. So the two go together. Yes. Um, and we, you don't want to forget that. Okay. I like that. Uh, so the last question I want to ask you before we go, um, yeah. I am more of a fan of a dildo versus the vibrator. Um, I'm not a super duper fan of the, the, the vibrating. I like the pulsing sensations less than the vibrating sensations, but I like dildos. I'm, I'm a fan of glass dildos. If okay. you had to pick one for yourself, either a vibrator or a dildo, which would you choose? I'm going vibrator all the time. Okay. That's my, I think that's my go-to. Um, I think that's where I have the strongest orgasms. Mm. So I'm just going where the, I'm just following the pleasure trail. <laughs> follow the witness, follow the orgasm. That's where I'm going. Yes. So, and again, right. Like women should be able to answer that question for themselves. Yes. People, anyone should be yes. able to answer that. And the only way you can is mm -hmm. if you discover, right. Just like Absolutely. if you ask someone with a penis, it's like, oh, do you like, you know, the the suction type of mm -hmm. toy? Do you like it if it has ribs in the middle? Do you like it yes. if it simulates the vagina? Like, what yes. do you like? You want to know and you want to experiment with different things. It's like a Absolutely. buffet. You want to create a buffet for yourself. I love you want to try different things to see what you like. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I love that. Casey, thank you so much for having this conversation with me. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Can you please let everyone know again 
who you are, they know, but yeah. in total, where they can find you, how they can get in contact with you. Um, yeah, and where they can see like the great videos and stuff that you put up. Absolutely. Yes. So definitely check out my Instagram at K underscore spot underscore therapy. Um, I have a lot of great content that you can check out as well as uh, my online community where I have videos, monthly challenges, just things that you can do to stay connected to your erotic self. And you can access that from my website or any link inside of my link tree on Instagram. Perfect. Thank you. Pum Pum Posse, bless up yourselves. This has been the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast. Fabulous guest, Casey Polite. Please check out her Instagram and check out her uh, her link tree for all the information. If you want to book sessions with her, if you have questions, as you see, she's very personable. She's very knowledgeable. Um, shoot her a DM if there's a question that you have and definitely check out her great content. Um, Posse, please continue to take care of yourself. As we have been preaching, continue with the self-love self-pleasure and self-care a whole and healthy you is so very important especially in this day and age where we're getting hit left right and center with with variants of variants of variants of things um you know part of your mental health and well-being is also making sure that you are taking care of your own needs so uh until next time posse peace and blessings if you're looking for commercial ad space product review or brand sponsorship please contact the Pum Pum Chronicles podcast for a rate quote and or media kit. That's the Pum Pum Chronicles at gmail.com. We look forward to working with you. I had to sit you down to talk about it. It shows me a lot from your silence You told all your friends that I'm violent But you can quit the cap, no you lying I had to beat it up to stay inside It is a happiness the way you cry I keep a couple's ass up in my ride you down to talk about it it shows me a lot from your silence you told all your friends that i'm violent but you can quit the cap no you lying i had to beat it up to stay inside it is a happiness the way you cry i keep a couple ass up in my eye
But you can quit the cap, no you lying I had to beat it up to stay inside It is a happiness the way you cry I keep a compass ass up in my ride